Boker Tov, everyone. This week's uh, Parsh of Shmini records for us the events that occurred on the eighth day of the dedication of the Mishkan. So the first seven days, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu served, so to speak, as, be, as the Kohen Godel, as the Kohen in the Mishkan. He performed all of the services, brought all of the sacrifices. But now on the eighth day, uh, according to the instructions of heaven, Moshe relinquishes uh, his uh, role and it is given to his brother Aaron and to the four sons of Aaron. And uh, they have Brit Kuhunat Alam, an eternal covenant, to be the Kohanim, the priests for the Jewish people. And they retain that title even when there is no longer a Beit HaMikdash or a Mishkan. And because of that, they are a unique group within the Jewish people and are so recognized. Okay. So... Moshe Rabbeinu on the eighth day says to his brother, Aaron, come close to the Mizbeach. Rashi points out that Aaron held back. Even though he knows that he is supposed to be the Kohen Godel, and that the service of the Mishkan can be accomplished only through him and his sons. Nevertheless, when the moment comes, when he is supposed to now take the place of his brother Moshe and begin the service of Kohanim, he holds back. He delays. So the Moshe has to say to him, Come close. Where are you standing back? Why are you delaying coming forward? So Rashi explains that Aaron was hesitant. Why is Aaron hesitant? Because the first sacrifice that he has to perform uh, is an eagle, a calf. And Aaron is the one who uh, 
somehow was instrumental in creating the golden calf. The Egel Azov. So when he's told the Kach Lecha Egel, that arouses within him feelings of doubt and of guilt. We have a rule in the Torah, Ein Kategor Naseh Sanegor. The instrument that is used as the prosecuting evidence cannot be used to defend. So if the eagle is the eagle Azov, and Aaron hears that Moshe says, Kach Egel, take an eagle, he's, he's, he can't uh, reconcile it. Not only that, we can well imagine that the Egel, uh, the sin of the Egel Azov remains with Aaron all of his life. There's opinion in the Meforshim uh, and the commentators that part of the reason that the sons of Aaron were stricken is uh, because of what Aaron himself did with Diego. So Aaron is hesitant. He has to bring an eagle in one. The Medrash even uh, uh, creates a uh, more vivid scenario. The Medrash says that uh, he, he, when, you came, when he came close to the Mizbeach, to the altar, so the altar had horns, four horns at the four corners. And if he looked at it head on, it looked like a bull, it looked like an eagle, looked like an animal with horns. So Aaron is constantly reminded of the fact uh, that he was complicit in creating the eagle azot. Perhaps even more that he was a catalyst. Catalyst? It wouldn't have occurred without him. So how is he supposed to be the high priest? How is he supposed to come forward now and create uh, the holiness of the Mishkan <clears throat> when the he is so conflicted. So Rashi quotes then again further that uh, Moshe said to Aaron, You were chosen. So how are we to understand what Moshe told him? So the simple explanation is that even though you helped create the Hegel, and even though you are, so to speak, not a perfect person, 
and the Kohen Godel is supposed to represent spiritual perfection. Kisif Sechoin Yishmu Das. The word of God, Yavakshum Bipil, they'll search for God through the Kohen. So even though you are not, so to speak, what you think you should be. Nevertheless, for whatever reasons, heaven has chosen you. And therefore, Kravalim is come do the job. Don't tell me all the stories of what happened before. Now, uh, the Yetzer Hara and a person is uh, very, very devious. And uh, many times it dresses itself in modesty and in holiness. I don't want to do the job because who am I? What right do I have? I'm a sinner. Leave me alone. We find that throughout Tanakh. That the people that were chosen all have somehow blemishes. Even the great Novi Yeshayo in heaven is punished because he says, because he says criticisms about the Jewish people. Nevertheless, he's the Novi. So he wanted to say, not me. I'm a sinner. You want to send the prophet, send the perfect person. You'll be able to withstand uh, all of the investigations. So that Moshe told Aaron, no, Aaron, you were chosen. We know what the problem is. We don't think that you're perfect. We don't think that somehow uh, you're superhuman. You were chosen. So come and do the work and don't hide under the excuse. Moshe Rabbeinu went through the excuse. He said, Shlach no Send somebody else, don't send me. I'm not the man for you. So there's a, there's a tinge of false modesty in people when it comes to public service, it comes to all, to other matters. And people say, not me, you know, not me. And uh, therefore, uh, when Moshe says you were chosen nevertheless, that comes to teach us that we're not looking to Aaron for perfection. We're looking to Aaron to fulfill what God has ordered him to do. That's one idea that lies in this story.
There's a second idea. You were chosen for this reason. Meaning you were chosen because of your modesty. Because of the fact that you are so hesitant. Because of the fact that you're aware of your deficiencies and you're not anxious for the job. That's why you were chosen. That's why you're the person I chose. The famous uh, anecdote, uh, I think I've mentioned it to you numerous times, that uh, (coughs) when the... uh, in the 1830s, in Russia, uh, the Tsar uh, gave permission for certain uh, Jews to be able to live in St. Petersburg, which was the capital of Russia then. And Jews were not allowed to live there. But there was a, uh, a class of Jews that were uh, well-connected, wealthy, some of them intellectuals, that they somehow were able to uh, have permission to live in St. Petersburg. If you went to St. Petersburg and you saw the Coral Synagogue, they have the chair there for Baron Ginsburg and the other ones. So, uh, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said to his uh, disciple, Rabbi Itzela Peterberg Blaser, Rabbi Yitzel Blaser, he said, I want you to go to St. Petersburg and you become the rabbi for these people in this bubble in this shul. Now the shul had a lot of haskola in it. People were uh, not known for their piety. It was a hotbed of new ideas. So Rebitzala said the Rebbe, he said, I'm afraid to go. Who knows what will happen with me? Because we're all influenced by society. So eventually we become uh, what the society inflicts upon us. He said, I'm afraid to go. So Israel answered him and he said, Whom shall I send? Someone who is not afraid? You can only send people who are afraid. So Moshe told Aaron, that's why he's sending you, because you have this hesitation. Because you are afraid. Because you are aware of your imperfections. And therefore that's exactly why 
You're the one that was chosen to be the Kohen Gadol. Come. So that's the second idea. There's a third idea. I mean, the Torah is uh, limitless. Part of the task of the Kohen Gadol especially on Yom HaKippurim, was to bring forgiveness for the Jewish people. L'chaper Abnei Yisrael Mikol Avonosa Forshim say very clearly that you cannot help someone else if you do not have some connection to the experience that the other person is going through. It's one of the uh, difficulties in psychology and in the mental health field that sometimes you can have someone that is a very knowledgeable and has the right personality, but he has no empathy with the patient. I remember my Rebbe used to always say that you should go to an old doctor, not to a young doctor. So somebody said, but the young doctor's no more. They have uh, the latest education and techniques. So he said, an old doctor, his back bothers him, his leg hurts him, he's had pneumonia, he'll have empathy with you. The young doctor is in perfect shape, he just ran the marathon. So he thinks that you're just a kvetch. You come and complain. He said part of healing is empathy. To feel the other person. That's very hard to have. But uh, I, for instance, uh, I remember in my yeshiva, the rabbeim that I had, all of whom, or at least most of whom, had very difficult experiences in yeshivas when they were in high school. In fact, the uh, menahel the uh, chief rebbe for the high school was someone that was expelled from his high school. And I found that to be a great insight because he understood the kids because he was one of them.
and he was able to deal with it because it happened to him. If you take somebody that's a hundred percent that never had the problem, so uh, for instance, uh, there are some people who are good at mathematics, and there are some people like me uh, who never quite got it. So if you're good at mathematics. So you take a course in calculus, Mahabaya, what's the problem, right? You know what you're doing. I struggled with high school trigonometry. I never went even to calculus. Because it didn't speak to me. I had no experience with it. So our own... Moshe says, because of the fact that you, so to speak, transgressed. That's why we want you to be the Kohen Gadol. You will have empathy with the Jewish people. You'll understand how even for the best of motives, a person can come to commit a terrible sin. So you'll be machapir for Claudia Soil because you feel it. You're not a stranger to it. And that's why Chazal said, Ein memanim parnos ala tzibur, We do not want to have perfect leaders. I always mention here in Eretz Yisrael, we're machmer on that. But you don't want to have a perfect person. Because a perfect person can't deal with the problems that people have, that 99% of the world deals with. Famous uh, anecdote, uh, the Dubner Magid uh, used to come once a year by the Gaon of Vilna. The Gaon uh, brought him that he should give him Musser. So the Magid said to him, Rebbe, what Musser can I give you? You know, you're, not a minute goes by without your learning Torah. You don't do anything that's worthy of criticism. So but the Gon said, no, but tell me. So he said, well, I'll t- the only thing I'll tell you is as follows. You're sitting here in your room 365 days a year studying Torah 16 hours a day. Your whole mind is Torah, everything. So you're to go in the Vilna. He said, why don't you go out in the fish market? Let's see if you were to go into Vilna there. So he told him, Sakuntz, uh, what is that, a, a, a trick, a great accomplishment that you're doing? So it is said that the Gon wept 
when he heard what the Maggid told him. But the Gaon answered him, he said, who says that I have to perform kunsan? Who says that I have to, so to speak, do... Uh, but nevertheless, the criticism is uh, there, you know. If you sit, uh, you know. Uh, I remember uh, my late brother-in-law. So for a year he taught uh, the laws of Choshen Mishpat to the 12th grade at a certain famous yeshiva high school in New York. At the end of the course... All the laws of business, of partnership, and the laws that are basically based upon honest dealing. I used to call them anti-Geneva laws. So one of the students raised his hand and asked him in all seriousness, but Rebbe, what if you're in business? In other words, these laws are good if you sit in the coal and you're learning and you know, okay. What if you're in business? So that's what Moshe told Aaron Kravel and Mizbeach. It's your very imperfection that is the reason that we want you to be the Kohen Gadol. A final uh, stream on the matter. You were chosen. Famous idea of Ali Musser. It is also found in Hasidus. Every person is born with a mission. Most of the time we don't know what the mission is. In the Chassidus with the Baal Shem, uh, the mission is uh, to uh, give a kopek uh, to a poor person in a, in a little village that you don't know. Or to host a stranger. Or to do something else that is mundane, but that was your mission. That's why you were sent here. But then there are some times that we know that we have a mission because we are given certain talents. We're given abilities. We're given opportunities. A person that's born to wealth, so his mission is to deal with wealth. person that has the ability uh, to sing beautifully, so his mission is to use that talent on behalf of Torah and morals and the Jewish people, etc., etc. And the Bali Musar say a psychological insight that we only find satisfaction in fulfilling what our mission is. That makes us feel good. 
people have a mission to build a family. So that's what makes us feel good. People have a mission to teach, what they can teach. So then they feel good. They get up in the morning, they want to do it. Most frustrations in life, the Bali Musar say, come from the fact that we're not fulfilling our mission. We know it somehow, but we can't, we can't define it. We can't express it. But there's a dissatisfaction. There's a statistic that the average worker in the United States will change his job almost ten times in his lifetime. He's looking for the right thing to do. The thing that satisfies him. Hard to find. So Moshe told Aaron, Kravel and Mizbeach, that's your mission. You'll never be happy in whatever else you do. Your main achievement in life is to fulfill your mission. And if we look at life in that fashion, therefore, so again, the mission can be a very mundane thing. Be small things. I knew a Jude in, in uh, Shul uh, that uh, would, uh, would greet everyone that came into the Shul. Someone once asked him, what, you, know, uh, you greeted him yesterday, why do you have to greet him today? And he said, that's my mission, I was put here to, be, to, be, to greet people. That's an insight into oneself. So when Moshe tells Aaron, Kravel and Mizbeach, come do your mission. Don't tell me all the problems. Do your mission. And in doing your mission, so then you'll fulfill the purpose that the Lord put you here that's the idea of the Kohen Godel, because he represents the fulfillment of that mission. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone, and stay dry and stay warm. Uh, next week, uh, again, uh, God willing, we'll have the Parsha here. Just have a great Shabbat. I'm sure next week.